If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, you can download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Wiser Wednesday Experience Speaks, a podcast that discusses the improvement of physician engagement and physician documentation habits by focusing on the core aspects of clinical documentation integrity. Here is the creator and founder of Core CDI, the co-founder of Top Gun Audit School, and your host of this podcast, Glenn Krause. Hello, this is Glenn Krause from Wiser Wednesday's Experience Speaks. Uh, with another great podcast, and um, today I'm fortunate to have Mr. Jim Zellum. He's a former VP of operations who transitioned to be an effective leader that coached many successful teams. Jim started his career as a simple factory worker who had held many positions such as industrial and in manufacturing engineering as he worked his way up to the VP. Quite an accomplishment, Jim. His inquisitive nature and troubleshooting talents were instrumental with him obtaining his EE degree. He became very proficient with process improvements. It was through process improvements that allowed him to get leadership buy-in and build successful teams. He currently resides in Madison, Wisconsin. He loves sports as he officiated high school football for 18 years. Jim still remains active as a volunteer for the Red Cross and the Senior Center. He enjoys walks in the woods, swimming in golf. Jim believes strongly that experiences is a great teacher and has helped him throughout his career. He believes his experiences in leadership and teamwork can definitely help others. Jim created a blog site, youarejustanumber.com, to share those experiences and has opened the blog site for others to tell their story as well. So the website is the letter U, the letter R, JustAnumber.com, all one word. Uh, additionally, Jim has written a book, Stepping Stones of Leadership, that lists some essential steps that he believes will guide you on becoming an effective leader. Every step is supported by stories of his own personal experiences. He is presently working on his next leadership book with more stepping stones. Jim, what an illustrious background. If I wanted to get the Stepping Stones of Leadership, where would people uh, go to get that? It's on Amazon. You can either get it as an ebook or a paperback. Oh, no kidding. By the way, Jim is the brother of Dr. John Zellum, who's a colleague of mine I'm working with. So it's nice to have the brother team working with the brother team. So, Jim, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate your time. And I was fortunate to meet Jim through uh, LinkedIn. And we were just talking about leadership in general and CDI. And I thought it would be great to have an outsider 
not involved in CDI per se, but a long tenured history and uh, experiences and leadership, uh, a lot of accomplishments beyond the show, to talk a little bit about his thoughts on leadership, in particular how CDI can take advantage of the leadership opportunities that avail to us to really make some positive changes in our processes and outcomes. So Jim, thank you for taking time today, and I welcome you to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I just want to give you a, you know, a little insight in here. You and I have gone back many times. I've read many of your articles okay, on LinkedIn, okay. and I know there's instances that, you know, you, there's issues that say that, hey, you know, that the CDI leaders, you know, they, they need to, you know, help uh, the finances of the company uh, with the COVID going on, and many of them are reluctant to change and, you know, complacent with their current ways. So I'm going to start this off by saying, well, are they really leaders, okay, because there's two types of leaders. There's leaders of companies and leaders of departments, and they're just that. They're just, it's another name for the head of the department, head of the company, or whatever. And then there's leaders of people. Those are the true leaderships out there, okay. So sometimes people are leaders, but they're not really leaders because they follow. They follow the requirements of the superior or of the hierarchy or the CEO or what has to be done, okay? So true leaders, okay, are in the forefront of trying new things. Followers usually aren't. And leaders don't depend on others for their dream where followers do, okay? Leaders come up with a lot of authentic ideas. Followers don't do that. And for instance, like, I consider you have leadership skills because you are always trying new ideas. John is trying new ideas and everything like that. Okay, so, I mean, those are true leaders. They're going to take you places, okay? And not only will they take you places, they are going to coach you to get there. Yeah. So how do you make change and everything like that? Well, how I did it was through, you know, a lot of things was through process improvements. I started moving things. I started changing things. I started asking a lot of questions. And as a leader, you need to ask a lot of questions. You need to know what your team is doing, okay? I look at leadership. I'm going to convert it to sports. The leader is the manager or the coach, the head coach of the football team. He can do everything to make you better, but he can't play in the game. He can't make the tackle, he can't catch the ball, he can't run the ball, and he can't throw the ball. And a good leader will coach you to be better, okay? And they will take you there, and they will coach you, and they know that how do you win? You win with the unity of all the people. When I see leadership, true leadership is more about the team and less about the person, okay? Well, what I look at is, you know, if you want if you want to make changes and you want to lead, let's face it, you go into a new organization, you see these leaders, why do people want to follow you? They don't trust you, do they? I mean, let's face it, you got to build a little foundation of trust, okay? And once you start getting that foundation of trust, then they'll still, they'll pay attention to you. But, you know, when you're a leader, you have to be consistent. So, when, like, when I went, actually went to a new company, And I have to say, I've been in electronics my whole life, and I went into publishing where it was really more digital and microfilm, okay? I knew nothing about about it. Mm -hmm. But what I did was, but I knew a lot of things about, you know, how to troubleshoot and how to learn things. Where are the problems, okay? So I was doing that, and I would ask ask all the team, what's going on? Why are we doing this? What's going on? 
And they always knew the worst answer to give me was because we always did it that way. Okay. Yeah, I hate that. Because, Don't you, Jim? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Because you know what? Does that mean you've been doing it wrong all these years? I mean, you know, or, or have you been doing it right? Okay. Hey, so, let, me, let, me, let me ask you a question, because uh, I think this is it's really related to this, always done it this way. One of my biggest uh, concerns, or I see it as an opportunity for process improvement from a leadership perspective, is that right? the processes of CDI are primarily fun, are predicated on leaving queries, which doesn't change position behavior. You're just episodically leaving queries for diagnosis. So I want you to be uh, to cover in our discussion here, well, what's the strategy for leaders to change that process? I, I think there's a little reluctance because it's all, we've always done it this way. A lot of CDI leaders have uh, risen up through the ranks, which I commend. Okay, CDI staffer, CDI supervisor, CDI manager, CDI director. And basically, they're just leading the charge of what they know from rank, raising up through the ranks. So I'd like you to, as part of our conversation, just kind of discuss what strategies should the lead, these leaders be using to change the outlook, to change the administration of their facilities, understanding what CDI is about, because that's what's going to be needed as a change agent to really jumpstart CDI, Jim. Yeah. And, and, and to answer that part partially is that, you know, people get promoted throughout and they know what they do and they do what they do best, okay? But basically, to do leader, you have to be able, you have to know the process, talk to your people. You really need to help your team. And, you know, truthfully, you've got some great experience and they're coming up, but, you know, not only can you – teach them your experience. You have to understand what they do. I look at it this way for a leader, okay? Yeah. For instance, let's take you with CDI. You don't live with the problems of CDI. You live with the results of CDI, okay? So basically, if you want to understand that, you need to help the people that live with the problems, okay? Well, what is your problems, okay, and how do you fix it? Once you start helping your team with their problems, okay, now you're building up. And if you start helping them with their problems, okay, basically they start following you. And basically you only need to be a leader, you have to have a follower, okay? And you don't need multiple followers. You need one follower. Because once you get one follower, mm-hmm. people tend to follow the follower more than they follow the leader, okay, because they're on their same equivalent point, and then all of a sudden now they all start following the leader, if you know what I'm trying to say. You just need one follower. That follower will really start doing it. But, and how do you get that follower? Well, you help them. You help them be successful, okay? If you make them successful, you'll be successful, and you'll start pulling the team together. What are your problems? And when you do that, you've got to be consistent. One of the things I always did as a leader when I was in an organization was I created a dashboard. Let's talk about problems. Don't, what I would do is I would just attack, I do a little bit of Pareto, the 80-20 rule, okay? okay? What I would do is I would say, okay, let's list the problems and what are the three biggest problems. And that's all we're going to do. I don't want to know anything else but the three biggest problems, okay? And now we're going to work on the problems. And as we work on the problems, once we satisfy one, maybe we can add another one. 
But when I do that, I will, I'll use statistics. I'll take pictures of saying, okay, so where are we? I don't want, let's, let's go with CDI. I don't want to understand how many denials we have. Yeah. I want to know how many acceptances we have because your goal is, is your goal 0% errors or 100% acceptance. Oh, that's a good point. Your goal, you need to emphasize the positive. I don't want to hear about the NAS. I want to get how do we get our acceptance rate up to 100%? Or close Not to it. Zero denials. Let's get 100%. And let's monitor that, okay? Because let's start capturing the data, and let's capture the data the same way every time. And if you capture the data the same way every time, every day, okay, whatever it is, and let's just, you know, you, you, wherever, so you're in CDI, okay, how many did we get through and how many were accepted? And you do that every day and, and you watch it. So if you're at 95% and, and you watch the you watch whatever problem you're, you're doing, okay? I'm just going to stick with that particular problem, okay, that we're not getting enough true positive acceptances, okay? But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to emphasize the positive, okay, not the, not the denials and say, okay, how do we get this up there? What are the problems to get that up there? So they, they will come back, well, I'm having this problem or I'm not getting this right, I'm not getting this right from this department, this physician isn't coding, giving me this, whatever. So now you start categorizing your three biggest problems. Now watch three biggest problems and figure out, okay, how do I fix them and get your team involved with it. So not only are you helping them, you're actively involving them, okay, and eventually they will really believe in you and follow you wherever you go. I very much want to stay very – I stay out of the subjective world. I'm an engineer. Yeah. I, stay in the, I stay in the objective world, and that's probably why I did so good in football. Either you're out of bounds or you're in bounds. That's right. <laughs> okay? You know, it's very hard to sell a subjective call. A subjective call is holding in football. Okay? Well – how bad was he holding? All I keep doing is, you know, I try to, I, I try, me personally, I, tr I do not stay with gray a lot. I like to either make it black or white. And it's, it's, it's not always easy to make it black and white, but I try to. Is it good or bad? I monitor positive, but I work with the team, okay? And, and again, you know, some people, when they get into a position of leadership, it's sometimes they want to change it to their way or what they know best, and sometimes they're afraid to, you know, think outside the box and try to make things better. Just because it was successful for you, it doesn't mean it was successful for them. You know, for instance, you know, everybody sees a picture two different ways, okay? Right. And basically, when you're, when you're going into this and you have this leader in there, they already have their own think paradigms. Sometimes you don't even realize you're in a paradigm and you need to listen to other people because when you start talking to other people and you're getting them involved, you might say, they might come back with some, for instance, that says to you, wow, I never thought about it that way. And that could be the thing that turns everything around. So it's really working, it's to me, key uh, to leadership is working with a team. Not, it's not letting the people walk over you as a team, okay, because there's discipline in a team too because, you know, you, there are certain things you have to do and, and, and that's it and that, that's the way we play the game. But, but you work with them because, again, nobody knows the problem better than them. And sometimes they don't even know it until you start asking them. And that is how I found out that leadership 
I started getting people to follow me. I did all these process improvements. I emphasized positive. Another important aspect is they have to know what you're following, and you need to communicate with them. They know what you're doing, and they know what you're following. People will follow exactly what you're doing, or even when they don't trust you, they're knowing what you're looking for. Oh, so let me and ask I a would... quick question, uh, Jim, regarding that. Sure. So I have a lot of CDI people follow me and read my post on LinkedIn and articles and my podcasts and webinars. And I've had someone uh, recently, when I followed up to see if I, how the webinar went, did they learn anything? Is there some things I could change in the webinar to make drive home the points made? Did, what were the take-home points they uh, attained from, from participating? And uh, one of them said, it was great. I said, oh, great. And then I said, do you think that uh, your program will go in this direction, more in terms of denials, uh, preemptive, proactive denials, avoidance versus reactive looking for queries, uh, looking for diagnosis? And they said, no, we're never going to go that way. I say, how come? Because our CDI leadership and administration are uh, set in their ways. So how does the CDI make the point that they can be doing so much better? Because I have a lot of CDI people that really want to advance their career. They want to get out of the realms of traditional CDI, but their leadership doesn't see the value. How, how would you attack that? Well, okay. First of all, Glenn, I just want, want you to say it. Their superiors don't want to do it, okay? They're, it's not their leaders. I always have a trouble with the word leader, okay? Because a leader leads people, not directs people. If, if that's their direction, then you know what? I would come back and say, and sometimes you get into an instance that it's hard to do that, okay? But on the same token, what about in your webinar, they'll say, well, are you, you thinking about that? No, because for lack of better words, the leaders of the area, the bosses, the supervisors, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. They, they're not going to change. This is the way they want it. That's right. So the next question is, so how do we prove to them that they're doing something wrong? Help me help you make a case to them. What are your biggest problems? Again, you can do it, and then what do you do with that information? Can you talk to the superiors? To get them to make the change to their superiors, what is the biggest thing everybody wants to do, especially I look at in the medical field right now, especially with COVID, uh, with everything, they're losing money. That's right. right. So let's go. What, what I do know is this. Everybody in there wants money, That's okay, right. need to make money. And I would venture to say, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would venture to say a lot of these heads of departments, they're bonus to a degree. So the more money they make, they can do it, especially if they're a nonprofit organization because they can't show a profit, so they give it back one way or another by equipment, whatever, okay? So my point is, and I'm willing to help you, how do we get them, the people that want to make this change? So if they want to make the change, why don't we, from an external point, help them? What can we do to help them? And what can we do to teach them? What can they do? Can they gather the data for you saying, you know, and I'm just using numbers because you know the industry better than me. You can say to me, you know what, you only have a 92% acceptance rate, okay, based on this revenue. For every percent based on this revenue, you're talking 
$10,000 or whatever. Now things change. And basically, you get these people involved. They help promote the change. They want to leave because they can't do it by themselves. So basically, we need to help them, right? Do you Absolutely. disagree with that? No, I think, okay. you know what, and Jim, that would be a great topic for another podcast, strategies for change and, and how you can give some ideas on processes for them to consider to make that change. Exactly, exactly. But I think if they want it bad enough, and you know what, when you ask in the seminar, and again, the power in the people is humongous. So basically, in your seminars, would you change? No. Why? And it's because, well, because the leaders won't do it. So if you had it your own way, what would you do? If you didn't have that boss in your own way, what, what would you do? And number two is, how can I help you achieve what you want to achieve? What is it that you want to achieve? Can I work with you to gather the right data so you can bring it to your superiors and say, hey, you know, here's the problem? Do you think they're going to turn that down, especially if you show them save and, again, you put it in a positive light? I think you've got a point there, right? That's, uh, that's an interesting point. One of the areas I say is, you know, I had a colleague just about uh, 20 minutes ago out in California had a conversation and she's the coding manager, coding director at a facility, a very well-versed coding leadership person, Jim. And so I said, what are your challenges in working with the CDI leadership? And she said, they're not willing to change in terms of adopt to the changing needs of documentation. They're getting a lot of denials from medical necessity and clinical validation, very problem that all hospitals are facing, which impacts revenue and cost to collect and how much money they spend to collect the money. And her attitude is the CDI leadership mindset is, oh, there's enough there for me to, to appeal if we get denied. It should be Let's make this record more secure so we don't have to appeal. I think it's a mindset change to do oh, it right definitely the first a time. Quality is a mindset. I'm going to tell you something. Mm -hmm. There is no difference in quality of putting a spacecraft into space than there is to making a toy, okay, that anybody plays with. Now, the consequences are worse. Let's go back if there's an error. Let's just take CDI for a second, okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's an error, which now creates a denial. So let's just say, what's the consequences? You lose money. You lose right. 5000 10000 20000 I don't know what the number is, okay? You lose money. That's the consequence, right? So now you go back and say, well, that's not the same thing as putting a rocket ship in space, because the quality has to be there, because the consequence of an error with a spaceship in space is probably death, because you might not get back to the Earth. Okay? Okay. So all it is is the consequences are worse. The mindset is I do not accept errors. That's the mindset. But see, he's easy to say, well, you know what, we can fix that later on instead of saying, well, why don't you do it right the first time? What's the price of not doing it right the first time? What is it? Okay, all you're doing is saying, well, the consequences ain't that bad. I can go back and revisit it. That's the consequence. It's the mindset of quality. Do not accept, have your standards and do not accept below that. And let your team know, hey, 
this is what we're doing and this is what we're accepting. So you are right. It's a mindset. But and it's almost like I was reading some article on Toyota manufacturing, the 14 principles, and I'm writing an article about uh, we should be adopting some of those principles into our processes of CDI. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And, you know, the problem is, and this is the one biggest thing I learned, and, you know, I might be, you know, bragging, but my career has always been on process improvements, and the leadership came because of that, okay? That's right. Because I can see, I can really look into places and find process improvements. And, you know, so when you start improving processes, a lot of things change, and it's how you look at the process. And one of the biggest things is when you start talking about the Toyota mindset and everything like that, one of the biggest things is you got to keep asking why. Why is it this way? Why do they do it this way? Why? What is it that's wrong? What is it this, this? And I think the Japanese, because of Duran and Deming, because they came back because they're the ones in the 60s that went to the United States and said, hey, look, this is what we're doing wrong. They're the two quality gurus that went over to Japan to make Japan better than, than right. us, okay? So basically, one of the biggest things is they used to ask a lot of whys. Why are you doing it this way? And I tell you what, one of the biggest things I ever do anytime I go into any place, okay? And, I, and I've gone to a couple places where they wanted me to do evaluation, okay? And all I kept doing was, and I didn't know the process, okay? But I would go in there and ask every question there is. And sometimes, Glenn, it's better to have somebody that doesn't understand the process than somebody that does know the That's process. That's right. You have, you have an open mind when you do it that way. Exactly, because now I'm not hung up on any paradigm that you might have, because I don't have any paradigm, okay? So I can look at this more objectively than you can. But then I can come back to you with questions, and you can say, well, I do it this way. But you know what? On the same token, I can come back to you. might say, oh, man, I never saw it that way. You know, you got a good point there. So I, that's how I see it, okay? I mean, like I said, I went into places like that. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I'll give you a couple, two stories on leadership, okay? One is sometimes being wrong is the right thing to do, okay? And I'll explain it. I needed our maintenance team to fix a problem with the machine that would create in our process, okay? Not all the time, but it would, it, it would cause a problem. Now, as an engineer, I troubleshot it quite a bit. As being the VP, I couldn't spend any time with it anymore. So I asked these two gentlemen to help me. And we would meet once a week in my office, and they'd come up with these ideas. Now, I thought I was doing the right thing for them, telling, well, you know what, I already tried this, and this is what happened, okay? And that happened a couple weeks in a row, and I could see that I'm, de you know, I'm, I'm losing them. I'm losing them. I'm saying, wow, you know? So I said to them, they came up with an idea, and again, I had tried it. But this time I said to them, you know what, go ahead and try it. I said, that sounds like a good idea, okay? Yeah. And I let them do it. And they came back with the results I knew they would, but to this day, I have never told them I did it. I said, wow, I'm surprised it happened that way. I thought you'd get, I thought you'd get the results there. So I kind of like lied to them, right? Do you know I motivated them and they did something that I could never do? They fixed the problem, okay? And I want to give you another story about the power of people. Yeah, okay. This will be a good story for closing, I think. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Let me give you the power of people. So what happened was, 
This goes back a few years. We were making the clock for the Honda Accord. We used to have to do 1,200 a day, and Honda owned the process. They came in, being like you talked about, Japan and everything, or even like Toyota, they would know exactly how we made the clock, and we couldn't change the process. We could change who does what, but we couldn't do how we built it. So we used to have what we called a lot of clocks in the system. We used to have to do 1,200, and we had clocks all over the place. And, it, you know, it, there was about 10 to 12 people making it. So this engineer came by, and he said, you know, he, he, he developed a total what we call it was a slide line, okay? And there was only a couple pieces between the people, and they were pulling the product through, okay? And it was a great, great, great concept this gentleman had, great concept. Okay. But the problem was we couldn't do 1,200 clocks a day still because there was bottlenecks into the system where, you know, every piece wasn't, you know, perfect. So, you know, the bottleneck would be here, then the bottleneck would be in step three, then it would be in step eight. So he would come out twice a day, and he'd rearrange who's doing what, and we couldn't do it. That team actually came to me. I was the head of that area. They came to me, and they said, well, we have ideas. I said, well, why don't you talk to Mark? They said, we have, but he doesn't want to try anything. I said, I'll tell you what. I'll give you tomorrow morning. I'll give you the first four hours. You'll do it. I'll keep Mark away from you. Realize Honda owns the process, so all you can do is change who does what, okay, because they wanted to help Mark succeed, okay? And what did they do? They, I said, but you have to do 600 good clocks. They did 620 good clocks because they – they lived with the problem, and they knew how to fix what he couldn't. All he saw was the effects of the problem. He never lived with the problem. They did, and they worked as a team and helped each other, and they did it. That's the power of people and leadership and teamwork. So That sounds like a great success story, Jim. Any, yeah. any last comments you would like to make before we uh, – close out this podcast and then we can schedule another one because you invoked me some more ideas we can talk offline about. Yeah, yeah, no, no. The only thing, the only advice I give to people is, you know what, people are having trouble, okay, and I get it. But don't be part of the problem, be part of the solution and let, let's help them become part of the solution. And if you want to become a leader, we can help you, okay? There's many ways, and, you know, getting some knowledge of, of leadership and knowing how it works, that's all I got. There's great power in leadership, and there's great power in teamwork. I think teamwork can resolve a lot of problems. And that's one of the things that we can discuss next week, some ideas that I read about these 14 principles and how to apply them as a leader. This is going to be another great podcast. So, okay. uh, Jim, thank you so much for your time. Leadership in the CDI industry, discussion with Jim Zellum, what I call a leadership guru. And folks, I'd like you to just be aware of the other Wiser Wednesdays Experience Speaks podcast on Anchor FM or whatever you listen to your podcast, iTunes and so forth. Uh, I believe we're up to now 14, including this. Uh, I wanted to call your attention to a podcast recorded a couple weeks ago. Maybe it was even last week gentleman from uh, Australia, Mike Kurtz, with CDI Australia. Uh, it's, he shared some of his thoughts uh, and passion for CDI. The CDI in Australia is in its infancy stages, and he shared a lot of things that we should be considering. So please check them out. And once again, Jim, thanks so much for your time, and uh, look forward to our next podcast in the next week or so, okay? 
That sounds great, Glenn. Thank you for listening. Glenn Krause can be found on LinkedIn. Make sure to subscribe to Wiser Wednesday Experience Speaks on Anchor.fm or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to also visit core-cdi.com for CDI and Revenue Cycle Consulting Services and topgunauditschool.com, a coaching service for hospital and clinicians. This podcast was produced by medicalcodinggeek.com. MedicalCodingGeek.com